need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Football Rant, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the big game pregame. Alabama, first round of the playoff, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Big title for big games. Um, anyways, let's get into this bad boy. Uh, now, this may be a little bit longer, and a little less traditional big game pregame. Um, but still, I think it should be entertaining and bring some thought-provoking points. <laughs> There's been a lot going on, so we got to cover a lot of this stuff. And it's getting close to Christmas, and uh, I got a lot going on. I'm sure you all do. So I want to get this out early so we can all enjoy it before we spend time with our families and enjoy the Christmas holiday. And then we can get back to enjoying this and getting on with the game. Okay, so a lot going on, right? Uh, down from Vegas and all the betters, all the pros betting all the money right now on on Bama. So if you if you listen to a lot of sports podcasts, what I would do if I were you and you really do believe Michigan's going to win, like I do, I would take those promo bets that they give you, like oh for your first bet one hundred and fifty dollars and matched blah 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 for your first bet. Do that and bet it all on Michigan. I don't think there's a downside to that. Um, pick the biggest one or pick a few of them and do the same thing. You know, so I, don't, I just, you're getting matched on this stuff. So, I mean, if we lose, okay, not great. But still, that's why it's gambling. Anyways, um, so there's a few things that I think of when I think of this game, right? Uh is okay. <laughs> it all comes down to a few things. Is Bama a good offense? And do they have good players or is it just a mid-level offense that mid that Milrow is like covering up their flaws, right? Um I have never seen such a flip on a player before in my in my college in my college watching career. Now, maybe if I really were to sit down and focus on some stuff through the years, I could probably pick out a few, right? It's not saying that this has just come out of nowhere. But for the first half of the season, Milrow was not really talked about. It was more of, well, they have Jalen Milrow. He's not like what they have had before as a quarterback. Is he really the guy of the future? And then, you know, that was after the Texas loss. I mean, he gets benched for God's sakes, you know, comes back, and then all of a sudden he is the second coming of, you know, of Michael Vick. You know what I mean? And he, I guess he kind of is to a certain extent. I mean, not as dynamic, I would say, as Michael Vick because Michael Vick was very, very mobile. Um, unbelievable. I mean, like one of the most dynamic runners as a quarterback I've ever seen and could also throw a great deep ball. That's kind of what Jalen Milrow is. Just 
not that. If Michael Vick was a 10, Jalen Milrow, I would say, is a 7. Now, that's still really good, but he's nothing like Michael Vick. I mean, maybe in a couple years he might be, but right now, no. Um, the turn on this guy has just it has been mind-boggling, so it makes me wonder, you know, is he really as good as they say? You know, I... The only thing that really worries me about Michigan going up against this guy is that we had a hard time. It's very, ah, I, you know, I, I want to say this, like we had a hard time against uh, Drew Aller and he wasn't considered a mobile guy, but we had a hard time with that. So maybe we weren't planning for a mobile guy. Now, Talia, Maryland's quarterback, very mobile, held him in check. Right, um, so I don't know. We also have a very comparable uh, understudy, I guess you could say. Right for a scout team, this guy Alex Orgy is the body type of Jalen Milrow. Don't know what the hell he can do for throwing because none of us has ever seen him throw the ball forward, sideways, or backwards. So we don't even know if he understands the idea of throwing the ball. I would assume he does because they put him into the quarterback position, but I don't know. But body size, running running capability, absolutely on the same level as Jalen Milrow. So mobility-wise, and the one thing that I am worried about with Michigan, because I really do believe that Michigan's cornerbacks and defensive backfield safeties, cornerbacks, all that, can hold down uh, Alabama's wide receivers and the one decent tight end they have. I really do believe they can do that. Um, put a safety on the tight end, uh, and then our cornerbacks can handle the um, either Mikey Samerstill and Will Johnson or a mixture of him, Samerstill, Wallace, uh, any of them, right? Just mix them all up. Yeah, I think we have a very good chance of slowing that down compared to Alabama's running game. So Alex Orgy is going to work wonders for us um it's very interesting i just i don't know see that's going to be the thing that i worry about the most right then two well actually it's not even what i worry about the most i and you guys if you've been listening to the show you guys know the one thing i do worry about the most is this long layover because once again michigan and when i ward manual and all the people above him who put together these contracts for Jim Harbaugh are dragging their feet throughout this whole effing season because they're supposedly waiting to see what the NCAA is going to do. Well, that's stupid because to me, you're going to wait. Okay, let's wait and see what the NCAA is going to do. But if we wait too long, the, the a Black Friday for the NFL is going to come up and somebody's going to off Harbaugh. Somebody's going to offer Harbaugh a job, and he's going to run before the NCAA drops anything, and then all of a sudden, we don't know what the hell we're going to do. Right now, we're out Harbaugh because we didn't take a chance to nail him down right away, right? So that's the thing, though. Who cares what the NCAA is going to do? Because we have Sharon Moore. So go ahead and spend some money, Michigan, and nail down Harbaugh, and then nail down Sharon Moore, so this way, if the NCAA thing comes down and Harbaugh misses even more games, we aren't even missing a beat because we have Sharon Moore to back him up. 
Make it worth Sharon Moore's interest and time to stay so that can help us through 2024. I don't know what we're not, like, what are we thinking? Maybe there's some more stuff behind the scenes we don't know about, but that seems like a very obvious thing to do, right? Um, so since Harbaugh, once again, is going to be playing just the tip with every, well, with three or four uh, NFL football teams now, does that put Michigan in the same spot that they were when we played Georgia and got worked? When we shoved our head so far up our own butts, we can see uh, our tailbone uh, against TCU. You know, was it because Harbaugh wasn't really focusing on coaching or were the kids distracted because Harbaugh was focusing on something other than TCU? Or were we all just overconfident? You know, because you had J.J. saying, oh, we can't wait to get out there and stomp him or whatever the heck he said. Um, you know, what was it, right? A lot of things with the layover that concerned me. The whole term, uh, what, paralysis through overanalysis, I think that is a very fitting term for what Michigan has gone through. Very, very much, okay? Uh, a lot with that, I believe. Um you know, I personally am, I don't know if I'm so worried about Milrow for all the things that I've said, but also when you think about what he's going to come across as um, a defensive front, one thing that is against him, well, a few things that are going against him. One, he holds the ball for way too long, right? He holds the ball for way too long only to throw it down deep. Now, if we take the deep pass from him, does that add another second to his read? And does that allow uh, Harrell, does that allow McGregor, uh, Moore, you know, uh, Stewart, these guys to get to him or the, our big boys up front to get to him, right? Does that allow them to get to him? And also if Marvin Harrison Jr., one of the top draft picks going to be either in this year's draft or somehow Ohio State pulls out $100 million to keep this guy. Um, in next year's draft, he's still going to be the top, top five regardless of when he goes out. He was stumped by what Michigan's defense was doing to him. Granted, and he's just a wide receiver. Can you imagine what they're going to do to a, a f already a quarterback who holds the ball way too long against defenses that aren't as complex as Michigan's? This is the best defense that Alabama is going to have faced all season long. All season long. Not a lot of people, I don't think, are talking about that. I hear a lot of people talking about the ineptitude of what they believe Michigan's offense is going to be going against such a great defense in Alabama. But not a lot of people, and maybe I've just been missing it, so that could be a possibility. But not a lot of people are talking about Milrow holding the ball and not having the astute like quarterback mind yet that you need to take on a complex defense that Michigan's going to throw at him. Also, Jesse Mentor, by the way, worked for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, had Lamar Jackson as the quarterback there. So he knows something about a mobile quarterback, an elite mobile quarterback, right? And I would say I would be more worried about uh, creating a defense to stop or to scheme against Lamar Jackson 
even if it's just in practice, than a Jalen Milrow. I mean, at this point, right, you have to say that's that's very true. Um, I think Jalen Milrow could be paralyzed by what Michigan's going to do. And if, say, it takes Jalen Milrow three seconds, four seconds to figure out what to do with that ball before he runs, could that be disaster for Alabama? Because they don't have the rugs. They don't have the, uh, um, what the Meachams and the uh, Will, uh, Williams or Williamson's or the, uh, whatever. I can't, I'm not a, I'm not an Alabama guy. I barely know those names. So, you know, they don't have the elite wide receiver this year. They're very good, very good. And if Michigan doesn't pay attention, we can get burned, but they're not elite like what we've seen before. I just think that is really what we're looking at. And I think that brings me to my second point is, um, the middle. And when I say the middle, I'm talking the middle of the field. And we're talking about the heart of the defense, offense, and who's going to win that battle. And mainly when I say if Michigan's going to win this game, Michigan's going to have to dominate the middle. Michigan's defensive tackles are going to have to dominate the middle. They're going to have to get in Jalen Milrow's face and cause him to either throw the ball sooner than he wants to either tuck it and run sooner than he wants to. You want to dominate that middle. You want to clog the middle. You want to make it impossible for Jalen Milrow to see something uh, clearly, right? And then flip it on offense. We want to dominate the middle because where Alabama is the weakest is in the middle. They have fantastic cornerbacks, right? Very good safety, right? But their linebackers aren't as good as they used to be. And their defensive tackles aren't as good as they used to be. Their middle is very susceptible. So instead of going for the knockout blow, this is going to be one of those moments where you just body blow them to death, right? You're going to be Manny Pacquiao going against uh, uh, the golden boy and making him say no more. Just I'm out. I I can't get back up, right? I can't get back up and do this. Oscar just quit in that fight. He actually sat back down and said, I can't do it. And that was because of body blows. That's what Michigan's going to have to do. Attack the middle with the run. Attack the middle with the tight ends. You need Barner to have a great game because they're probably going to bracket uh, Loveland. And when Loveland gets a chance, you need to hit him on his on those on those passes. You also need to throw like you need to do what I saw the Detroit Lions did to the Denver Broncos with uh, their wide receiver, Amon Ra or whatever his name is. I need to as he's going in the middle, he's doing quick slants. He's doing all that. Right. You really need to beat up Alabama in the middle with that stuff, because as they pull down closer to stop that, that's going to open up some stuff down the field. Right. Beat up the middle. And hell, even if we don't hit things down the field, just keep beating them up. Because if you go, if you get eight yards per game and you're constantly I mean, if if our tight ends have the game they did against Michigan State that they had against that they will have against Alabama, right? We want them to be 
uh, five catches for 100 yards for both of them. If we get that from our tight ends and we get our running backs to be around 80 yards, uh, like total in rushing, and J.J. is moving the ball around, it's going to be amazing. I think we can really blow Alabama out because then that's going to force Milrow to throw deep, which he throws a beautiful deep ball. But if we know that's all he's left with, that makes him hold the ball longer because they aren't as fast as Ruggs and all the people they have, Waddle, all the people they've had before, so they can't get down the field as fast. That makes him hold the ball longer. That gives our guys a chance to get to him better, faster, all that kind of stuff. Gives us a chance to do something. So I'm very excited to see that. Who wins the middle? If our defense wins the middle and our offense wins the middle, we can beat Alabama by double digits because we're attacking the one thing they really have no answer for. You know? That's, I mean, the middle is the key to this game, in my opinion. I mean, I'm very interested to see who wins that. Um, let's see here. Let's get down to a few other things here. Um, oh, okay. So with that, right, uh, players of the game. Now we're going to get into, like, transfer portal and things like that. Um, actually, you know, we'll say the players in the game uh, later. Uh but what we're going to do right now is we're going to hit the transfer portal. I, and and once again, the recruiting classes, right? Because it is National Signing Day. And what I've been thinking of, and I find this very interesting, and I, I actually I hadn't thought of it until they – well, I've, I've kind of touched on it a few times. But the more that Georgia, Alabama – Texas, all these teams continue to have higher and higher recruiting classes, stay in the top five recruiting classes, right? That puts more pressure on them to either keep or replace in the transfer portal, right? It puts a lot of pressure on them to do that because if you're losing talent, that is your backfill talent, which is also a four or five star talent in your quarterback running back, wide receiver, linebacker, anywhere. Just pick a pick a, a, a position for Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, all these places that recruit in the top five every year. If you have numerous people leaving because they don't want to be the second string, the third string guy, waiting to have to, you know having to wait for 2 years before they get to play then they can just go to say South Carolina or uh Michigan or uh you know wherever like Missouri for god's sakes Colorado for you know I mean there's numerous different schools that can utilize their talent immediately right that puts a lot of pressure on those high end schools that hold those talent so not so that gives them an interesting choice, right? Do we keep the guys we recruited? Do we do an all-out for something we don't really know what we have yet? Or do we allow them to leave and then pick someone up from the transfer portal? Which is a much different thing than what Michigan will be going through, where they can still continue. And Michigan can stay in the top 10 to top 15 recruiting classes, and we will still be in the top 
five in the nation every year in playing football if, if we continue to get the right coaching, right, and keep with the same foundation and same mindset, all that kind of stuff, right? Because we don't have to worry about what talent we're losing because we have three and four-star guys that are falling into in place and we're developing them also as we bring in spot guys from the transfer portal to replace people. And we're working in our talent. These other big schools have to worry about keeping their talent or replacing them with transfer portal guys at a higher rate than what Michigan's going to have to. That's where I think it's going to be. That's where I'm very interested to see what happens with all this because you don't know what's going to go on, right? And I think you're going to start to see the Georgias, Ohio States, Alabamas, all them start to, I don't know if it's really fall back into the pack or is it what they're losing is elevating everyone else to those heights is what I'm really thinking it is. So you're not you're going to see more parity in college football than anything because because the Georgias, because the Alabamas are losing their their backfield talent to other teams that are going to immediately put them into play. So I just I think it's going to be interesting, you know, over the next couple of years, especially next season, when the tel- when the twelve team playoff comes into comes in. Now listen, do you always want to be in the top five recruiting class when it's uh, a fourteen playoff? Absolutely, right? Because that helps you stay within the conversation or within at least striking distance, always to be there. But now with twelve teams, what Michigan's doing is the more ideal version of what uh, college football should be. Recruit the four and three star talent, build them up, not pay so much in NIL dollars on the young kids coming up that have zero to no uh, like resume. Bring in the other guys from other big schools, like what we're doing with Maryland, the the linebacker from Maryland, Barham. I think that kid, phenomenal. We we saw what he did against us in that game this year. Great. Another fantastic pull. If we get, once again, what did I tell you guys? I called it uh, Domani Jackson. I, he was on my wish list. I knew it was going to happen. Not that it was you know, ridiculous to think that, oh, a great cornerback is going to want to play on a great defense instead of that bullshit uh, you know, flag football defense they have over there at USC. But still, called it before anyone else did. Also called it before he got into the portal. Moi, thank you very much. I will take my flowers. You know, not being in the know and not being in the pipeline where you get all these interviews from the people in college football, for me to come up with some good stuff like that, I'm going to take the flowers when I get them, okay? Um, so, yeah, you get the Domani Jacksons. You get the Barhams. If we get Lan Walter Nolan, fantastic. Even though we don't necessarily need him when we have Graham and uh, Grant for another year at least, uh, fantastic, would match, even Benny we have, so would would match in very well. I don't know if he's a character guy, but we'll find out. Hopefully we get him. Um, very excited about that stuff. So also with the transfer portal, I think it's very interesting that Dante Moore, Dante Moore, Dante, was he Spumante? Yeah, Dante Spumante, no, Dante Moore, 
uh, decided to go to Oregon once again, even though Dylan Gabriel already uh, already uh, committed there, right? Very interesting. I think that has to do with, that actually may be a subtle sign saying that either JJ isn't 100% sure what he's going to do or he is coming back. Now, I lean more towards he isn't even thinking about it yet because he's focused on Alabama. So, therefore, Michigan could make a strong play for Dante Moore. And Dante Moore doesn't want to dick around. He wants a commitment right away, which I don't understand why he would go to Oregon when Dylan Gabriel, a more, uh, well, more polished, more accurate, uh, better overall quarterback is there for this season. Because, you know, Dylan Gabriel's only there for one more year. Why go there? Doesn't make sense. So either Michigan couldn't commit to Dante Moore because J.J. didn't make make a decision yet, which that's what I think it is, or low-key, has J.J. made up his mind he's not going to go anywhere, he's going to stay one year, which I think is ludicrous, but still a possibility. He's going to stay, so therefore Dante Moore didn't want to stick around because that means – he sticks around or he commits to Michigan next year. JJ's still there. Jaden Davis is there. Then next year he's in this commit he's in this fight for the starting position with either Jaden Davis, maybe Blair Underwood, you know, and then him. He doesn't strike me as one that that looks for competition. That's why it kind of strikes me that uh, that's what makes me feel weird that he's going to Oregon. Maybe it's all about the money. I don't know. I don't know the kid. I don't even know what the situation is, but Maybe that's it. Um, let's see what else I got on this. Uh, you know, I think we have covered a lot of everything I wanted to go. Oh, one last thing. Uh, well, before we get into the stars of the game and things of that nature and the final score. Um, the 10 anonymous Big Ten coaches. If this does not once again scream that the Big Ten outside of Michigan is filled with nothing but big fat pussies, if you're going to make claims that J.J. didn't look the same since Connor Stallions was discovered, put your fucking name on it, you pussy. You Pussy, because you know you're doing that as the pussy move because you know damn well that is it really Connor Stallions or is it that that young man was dealing with injuries from the Penn State game on? Which one is it more likely to be? Some weird kid that just, I mean, like me, I mean, I would be a Connor Stallions type. Now, I don't know if I would go that in depth on trying to find ways to ingratiate myself by by being able to guess signs. You know, I mean, I don't get it. I still think the way Saban's cheating by hiring, and it's not cheating, I get it, by hiring an ex-coach to give him info, like legit intel, other than some weirdo guessing at signs. And having his mother go to games, I think is a way better thing than what Stallions was doing. If you're telling me Connor Stallions was the key to JJ's success, you may have mental problems. You really may be a mental defective. 
So literally, you may be the uh, valedictorian at Michigan State. Because if that's what you think over this kid fighting an injury, isn't it weird that a quarterback that had couldn't throw the ball, an accurate long ball, couldn't really run around as much as he could or get around the corner as well as he could, was that because he didn't know when the when when the like the rush was coming, or was it because he was hobbled because he was hurt? Which one do you think is more likely to have happened? A low level guy with his with his sifting of of the the info, the the film, the iPhone film that he got, creating you know his magic, or was it that JJ was hurt? I think it happened to be more that this young man was hurt, wasn't even really supposed to play against Maryland, right? The reason why, one of the main reasons why we ran the ball 32 times in the second half was because J.J. got hurt. I think this makes way more sense than Connor Stallions. But then again, like I said, if this is what you're putting all your money on, then more than likely you are a a coach in the Big Ten because I would assume you're Nebraska or Purdue or Penn State. By the way, Penn State getting Tom Allen as their new defensive coordinator. Interesting. So maybe now he'll carry the LEO weirdness, you know, love everyone over to Penn State. Maybe they'll have some stupid uh, logo that I can make fun of or their motto that that we can make fun of next season. You know, you're going to, you know, the Ryan Days of the world. You're, you're, the Big Ten is filled with a bunch of spineless pussies. Because if you're going to say stupid shit like that, put your name to it. Because you, you, you called up a reporter because you wanted to talk about it. This isn't like you're turning in a massive company for, like, polluting the oceans or underpaying employees or... You know, workplace injuries that they're covering up. That's not what you're doing. So you don't have to be anonymous. You could just say, hey, listen, I'm the defensive coordinator for whatever college. And I think this, because I'm not a pussy. I'm going to tell you what I think. But once again, the Big Ten as a whole outside of Michigan, proving that they don't belong in the same conference as Michigan. That's why I still say Michigan should leave the Big Ten and go to the Pac-12 and take UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington with them, keep them there, create another conference, dismantle the Big Ten, and let all those fucking pussies go everywhere they are, wherever else they go. Because I'm telling you, if Michigan leaves the Big Ten, the Big Ten will fall because Ohio State will inevitably go with Michigan because they want to stay relevant. Michigan created the Big Ten, so so will they destroy it if they choose to, and I hope to God they do it, because when you have 14 other, well, 13 other schools that are filled with nothing but pussies as the head, as their coaching staff, coaching staff is, what am I doing, coaching staffs, they don't deserve to be in a major conference. They deserve it to be in the Big East or whatever the ACC turns into. All right, so we'll get out of here with this. Uh, now, players of the game. I want to pick tight ends. I'm, I'm not even going to pick players. I want to pick positions. The tight ends have to have a big game. 
quarterback has to have a big game offensively. We do that because I told you the middle, that that opens up the middle. Then you're going to see running backs and wide receivers have big games with that. Then also, defensively, defensive tackles, big game. Defensive ends have to keep Milrow in check. They cannot let him get out and start playing around and figuring out what he's going to do. Defensive line has to have a great game. We do those things, we win. I really do believe we're going to do that because I don't think Michigan's going to be lackadaisical or be paralyzed. What is it? Paralyzed by... Uh, yeah, paralyzed through over analysts or whatever, whatever the hell I said earlier. I don't care. I've been drinking a little bit. Um, so because it is Alabama, it, they demand a certain level of respect and focus. They're not TCU, right? Also, they're not going to be, they learn their lesson against practicing too hard Going up against Georgia, and let's face it, it didn't matter. They could have gotten the Justice League out there to help them play football against Georgia, and more than likely, we still would have lost by three. Even with Superman and the Flash out there, we still probably would have lost by three. Georgia was ridiculous that year on defense. Okay, so we learned our lesson. Alabama deserves the focus, deserves the respect. I think Michigan's going to give it to them. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see our defense paralyze Milrow, and I think you're going to see our offense take advantage of the middle. And I think we're going to win this game, and I think we're going to win it 27-17. 27-17, Michigan's going to make a statement, going to put the rest of the world on notice that we're coming for you, and we're going to win this national title in Houston. Boom. Now, remember, because I said this, I'm a Michigan Wolverine. I will back it till the day I die. Maybe pissed if we looked like shit, just like if you listen to the reaction episode of that game last year against TCU. But anyways, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, guys. Go Blue. Maize and Blue Nation, it's Tom Brady. I co-founded Autograph with one mission in mind. Change the fan experience for the better. That's why I'm excited to announce the release of a new app that recognizes the biggest Michigan fans. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to the best Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines, all for doing the things you already do, like listening to this podcast. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Rewarding Fans and download today. Hey, just like my good buddy Tom Brady just said, download the app autograph rewarding fans use my code mf rant and start getting rewarded today all right go blue